What's up, America? What's up, Australia? What's up, rest of the world? Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy Football Alpha Plays podcast, part of the Fantasy Unleashed podcast network. I am your host, Beaver Fever. Now, last time, we decided that the Alpha Plays were only going to consist of single-digit owned guys for tournaments. And it makes sense. Because true alpha males don't jam a bunch of chalk into their lineups. They let their nuts hang, and they play single-digit owned guys. They take stabs. And that's what we're going to do. Now, I should start by saying at quarterback, and tight end for that matter, the ownership never really gets too intense except for maybe a guy like Kelsey, uh, especially at quarterback. It's uh, very um, very well spread out, so we're not so much worried about the ownership at this position. We're just looking for the best plays. And to me, that's Jalen Hurts. I think everybody made a big mistake not playing him in cash last week. Um, yes, there was a lot that was uncertain, but... Um, I think that we should have anticipated the rushing floor being a much bigger factor. So let's let's take a look at what Jalen did in week 14 because in all reality, it was a historical first start for a rookie quarterback. He took zero sacks on 30 dropbacks. Not really fantasy relevant, but to me, the most impressive stat of them all. Just behind one of the worst offensive lines. You know, it was the biggest mismatch uh, between offensive line and defensive line of the week in week 14. Zero sacks, three hits on 30 dropbacks. Unbelievable. Became the second QB in history to have 100 yards rushing and also the second QB in NFL history to have 18 rush attempts in his first career game. 14 of which were designed runs. That's the most designed runs we've seen by a quarterback all season. Massive, massive floor-ceiling combo if we get anything close to that again this week in a great matchup against Arizona. Let's take a look at the matchup. The Cards play primarily man defense, and they blitz at the league's fifth-highest rate, both of which bode well for an opposing quarterback, uh, dual-threat quarterback. Uh, And it shows. They've given up the sixth most rushing yards to the position. Um, They've surrendered over 20 fantasy points to a number of dual threat quarterbacks this season, including Josh Allen, Tua, Bridgewater, and they gave it up to Russ twice. They all had success on the ground. So the matchup looks great. I don't think that you even need to pair him. Uh, in tournaments, I think you can run him naked, which is a very rare occasion. Um, or you could even pair him with his running back, Miles Sanders, um, who got back to an 82% rushing share. Um, Boston Scott was a non-factor. Uh, the Eagles ran the ball 36 times in comparison to only 30 pass attempts. So things set up nicely for the Eagles' run game. Um, and I like DeAndre Hopkins as a bring back. 
Um, Kyler's finally healthy, and Philly's been getting torched by opposing number ones. And he doesn't look to be in that group of super chalky wide receivers as it sits. Um, Other guys that are on the radar for me, Patrick Mahomes always, you know, anytime he's in a matchup where he may get pushed, uh, we we don't necessarily care about the numbers behind that matchup. We just want Patrick in a shootout. So I'll take that all day. Uh, I think there's a good chance for that. Um, we've got Lamar, who in fact might be the better play on paper, especially on FanDuel. He's been red hot, uh, back to old form, averaging 80 rush yards per game over the last five. Jacksonville's giving up 160 rush yards per game. They're the f- in the fourth most fantasy points to opposing cor- quarterbacks. So, nut spot for L. Jacks here uh, in good form. And another guy that uh, I have to mention every week at this point is uh, the old Trubber, Trubisky. QB9 since the takeover. He's in a good spot. Let's move on to running back. Now, The theme at running back this week is, and it couldn't be, it couldn't be sweeter because my season-long teams are just littered with these three guys, as if you guys give a shit. You've got Jonathan Taylor, who has seemingly run away with the workhorse role in Indy in a great matchup. You've got Cam Akers coming off of a statement workload. Statement workload. 93% of the running back carries um, last week. He's now put two fantastic games together um, where he has uh, dominated the touches and produced um, in a pretty good spot as well. But my favorite of the three... The running back alpha play, week 15, is J.K. Dobbins. He's the only one, the only ascending guy that's being overlooked because he hasn't technically taken over yet. Or has he? Old man Ingram and his man boobs are completely phased out, leaving the Gus bus as the only competition. Now, Gus has been wildly efficient of late, especially in the last game where he looked like the real bus, number 36. In fact, he he didn't even look like that. He looked like the bus that you can jump into on GTA and just run over crowds of people. Or at least that's what I do. God, I need to see a therapist. Anyway, the point is, even in a game where he had 49 rush yards and two TDs, he still got out-snapped by JK 62% to 27%. Outtouched, 13 to 8. And it's been a similar split over about the last month. Now, Baltimore's projecting 35-plus rushes in this game. Even if we give a healthy 10 each to Lamar and to Gus, that still leaves 15-plus for J.K. if we can assume Ingram has been completely phased out, which, like I said, I think we can at this point. So, still a massive workload to be had in the smash spot. Love JK this week. And I love using DJ Chark as a run back for slim stacks, little 1v1s. 
that you can uh, build into your game stacks. Um, that play revolves around the return of Gardner Minshew this week. Um, as you all know, Chark had a breakout season with Minshew at the helm last week. He's been down, but the volume has been there, frequently appearing on the buy-low air yards model. Uh, just hasn't uh, hasn't been getting it done, and that's to no surprise having Mike Glennon back there uh, throwing it to him. A lot of uncatchable balls. I like him to get back on track this week. Um, some other guys. What if I told you there's a running back that's averaged 7.4 yards per carry, 136 yards, and four receptions over his last three games? that's in a smash spot and is going to be single-digit owned. You tell me I'm out of my fucking mind, but I'm not. David Montgomery projected 7% as it sits this fine Saturday morning. White hot in a great matchup, going overlooked. You know, I, I, I just don't know how, how, you couldn't, how you wouldn't want to play that. Unless you're a total fish like Josh Selway and you just want to keep paying the the Monty tax. That's fine. We'll keep collecting. Another guy, CEH, coming off his highest usage last week in a long time. Very similar setup to JK. Good game environment and nice leverage off of the KC passing attack. Miles Sanders, we already talked about, in a completely new situation with Hertz under center. And then Kenyon Drake, averaging 18 carries and a touchdown over his last five. Maybe no Chase Edmonds. He was on the injury report. Admittedly, I haven't checked this morning. I'll have to check after this. If he's out, I really like Drake. He's in a tough matchup, though. That's the downside. But ownership seems to be in check. I don't know. Could be an interesting way to uh, to stack up that, that game that might be chalky. You know, maybe you do pair Hurts with a guy like Jalen Rieger or a Dallas Goddard, and then you run back with Drake. So there's an option. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the big dog's name. Indy Hember. Snow on the ground. Fur growing all over his body. Another big time spot here. Going to run wild. Extremely expensive. Is it worth it? I don't know. Especially on a site like DK. Where he's absolutely going to need the 100 yard bonus and two touchdowns to get there. And that's just to hit value. But, you know, we've got a higher ceiling here than probably any other play on the board. And if you ask me, would I be surprised if he had 200 and two or three touchdowns? Absolutely not. So, in play. Alvin Kamara, I don't know how you get away from him in cash. Going to be mega chalk for a reason. Um, Goes from the brink of, I'm not going to say fantasy irrelevance, but certainly... Dropped from that stud, that upper echelon, that stud tier. Um, goes from that 
to just overnight walking into the best run out possible with Michael Thomas being scratched and Drew Brees coming back. So we're back to old Camara usage. You guys know the numbers. I don't need to list them off. Dude was absolutely crushing the clear number one player in fantasy before the injury. Hard to get away from him. And then you got JT and Cam, who I mentioned. Um, I love both of them. They're going to be chalky for a reason. They're ascending. They've already broken out. And uh, I think the sky's the limit on those two guys. Looking like pretty good game environments for each of them as well. On to wide receiver. I don't mind any of the chalk. Um, You've got Tyreek and Brandon Ayuk garnering the most ownership at the top for good reason. Tyreek has turned into a volume hog all of a sudden. Um, you know, it's just, it's just unbelievable, um, the way they're using him. Brandon Ayuk, same deal, man. Just rock solid, rock solid hundred lock for a hundred yards and a touchdown. It seems like, I mean, he's been right there over his last five. Um, you know, he's seen games of upwards of 20 targets, uh, you know, double digit catch games. Um, one of the safest plays on the board, because now we get Debo out. We know that Shanahan's going to manufacture touches for his best weapons. And that's Ayuk. He's the only weapon. So I expect um, I expect a lot of volume for Ayuk this week. We've got uh, A-Rob crushing with Trubs in a good spot. Uh, I like Bob Woods. Um, great matchup. Good leverage off of Cam Chalk. And that's something that we need to understand is that the Jets, everybody just assumes, you know, you play the running back versus the Jets. And it's gotten there. But the Jets actually have an an average, if not slightly above average, run D. It's their pass D that's god-awful, league worst. Um, And I think that we avoid the guys on the other side of the Jets too often because we think the uh, the pass catchers, that is, because we think, oh, they're going to be blowing them out. There'll be no reason to pass in the second half. That's all blown out of proportion. That's bad game theory. You know, if they're going to score 40 points, they got to get there somehow. It doesn't matter how quick it happens. So I like, uh, I like Bob Trees and Cooper Cup this week, uh, passing stacks. In L.A., uh, you got T.Y. Hilton, the Texan killer, coming off 80 and a TD and three straight, man. This guy missed OTAs, preseason, starter regular season, mini camps, all that shit. Uh, just didn't get to build that chemistry with Phillip Rivers. And now um, now I think the, the rapport's been built, and uh, it's smooth sailing from here on out. Gets his favorite matchup uh, that he's absolutely dominated in the past and that has been dominated uh, of late. So, perfect storm brewing there for T.Y. On the other side, you got Kiki Kuti, the Colt killer. This dude, every 
every big game he's ever had in his career has come against the Colts, oddly enough. Um, there was one where he caught 15 balls. It's been on the back of volume, and it comes to no surprise. The Colts are known for playing zone D. They sit back. They don't give up anything over the top. They let it all happen in front of them. They keep everything in front of them. Fits right into the into the hands of a uh, a guy like Kuti, a slot buster. So I like going back to Kuti. Don't even mind Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, AJ Brown. You know these are more Fanduel guys. Um, target volume won't necessarily be there like it will be with some of these safer options, but uh, you know explosive guys that can get you there in one play. And I like that on FanDuel where, where TDs and long plays, uh, that, that's what it's all about over there. So I like those two. But I buried the lead. The week 15 wide receiver alpha play. The forgotten man. The F1. Scary Terry. T-Mac, baby. Big ownership discount off the guys that I talked about. And he's got the shower narrative. With Haskins. Went to college together. These dudes shaved each other's backs. Slept in the same dorm room. All kind of chemistry built. So, Haskins back. And T-Mac just crushes with Haskins. It's that simple. In Haskins' last six starts, T-Mac has had over 83 yards receiving and five catches in five of those six including two games, over 125 and a touch. Bad matchup, but we've seen him do it in bad matchups before. You know, when this guy's rolling, he's damn near matchup proof. I'm going to take the shot on the F1 this week. Other guys I don't mind willing to throw a dart at in tournaments. Um, I guess Sammy Watkins. That one's for Josh. So he gets credit if that hits. Um, I get it. You know, get a slice of that uh, that premier game at lower ownership, lower price. Allows you to do a little bit more with it. Uh, DJ Chark, we already talked about. Return of Minshew. Even a guy like Lynn Bowden. If a lot of these Miami pass catchers, uh, especially the short yardage guys, are out, if Jasicko's out, then uh, Bowden's going to be tasked with a, a lot. Should have a nice workload. On a site like DK, I think he had eight catches, nine catches, 80 yards last week, something like that. You know, you're there. You're more than there. Super cheap, too. So keep him on the radar. Tight end. Similar to quarterback as far as ownership. We don't really worry about finding the low-owned guy because... The guy that's considered chalk might be 11 12%, where a loan guy might be 3 So not a huge difference, not a huge edge. I don't think we want to stray far from the, from the beaten path here. Um, just keep it simple at this dumpster fire of a position. And the guy I like this week is Jared Cook. He's my favorite value piece from this game. And, you know, Sanders is good, but he, he feels shaky. Kamara's mega chalk. We got check down Breeze back. All Traquan does is go deep. 
Manny can do it all, but he's more of a deep guy. So Kamara can't catch all the balls in a game where they're going to have to chuck. So I think there's going to be plenty to go around, plenty of underneath stuff to Jared Cooks. Touchdown upside. Comes in in good form. TD in back-to-back games. Though he's largest, largely been off the fantasy radar because we don't like playing guys with Taysom Hill. So, again, everything's changed. Breeze back. Thomas out. Same deal as Kamara. Just walked into the nut spot. And I think he'll be the lowest owned of all the value pieces from this game. So I really like Jared Cook. Some other guys that I'm looking at this week. Grown-ass Mandrews. Ascending with Lamar. Nut matchup. Looks like he might be a good pivot off of Kelsey. Similar ceiling. Should I have said that? Probably not. Already did. Too late. Don't know how to edit. We'll go with that. Big Irv. Been extremely efficient. On low volume. But he's been banged up, man. You know, we got Rudolph out this week. And we had Rudolph out last week. And Irv barely played. He played well. Gave you a decent score. Gave you a great score. But didn't play a lot. But now we've got Rudy out again. And he's off the injury report for the first time in a long time. So could we finally see that usage spike? I don't know. But if we do, we're going to get a big score. So I really like uh, Big Irv in tournaments this week. I don't think anybody's going there. And then one other guy uh, that's worth mentioning, sort of, Cole Komet. Um, Pretty much usurped Jimmy at this point. Um, Jimmy's banged up, too. That's another injury I need to check on. If Jimmy's out, even more of a bump to Komet. And uh, just becoming one of Trubb's favorite targets. So nice touchdown upside there. At a cheap price. I like him. Now, defense, special teams. Just not... You know, I got to throw the disclaimer out there that on any given week, I'll have 9, 10 defenses in my player pool. I, I don't really even particularly care. When I mass enter, I leave all of them in there, and then I just let the optimizer choose which one it wants based off the projections. I don't even care. The variance is just so ridiculous. Um, You know, and projections are just seemingly useless for stuff like this. What I like to look at is who's going to get the most pressure. I want to know what defensive line has the biggest advantage over the other team's offensive line, which is going to lead to pressure, which is going to lead to things happening. And that's what we want on defense. We want dropbacks. So that leads me to the Washington football team. My favorite defense of the week. Brandon Thorne does some incredible work on Establish the Run. Um, A specialist in offensive and defensive line evaluation. He ranks... Each one, each team's coming into the week 
um, and then does a really nice write-up on um, the way that they match up with the opposing line. He's got this as the biggest mismatch of Week 15. The Washington football team has the best defensive line in the NFL, according to Thorne, and Seattle ranks 20th. That's the largest disparity on the slate. And we know that Russell Wilson's going to drop back, and that's what we want. We want drop backs. We want pass attempts. We want ways to score. They're on fire. Chase Young has arrived. Love the Washington football team this week. Um, On the other side, Seattle's not a bad play either. Going against the mistake-prone Haskins, decent price on them. Uh, I don't mind the Bucks in what looks to be a route. I really don't know. It's hard to envision a path where they don't just totally dominate. Good price on them as well. And then the Rams, you know. um, Really expensive, but they've just been so safe in these spots this year. You know, anytime they get a below-average offense, they've just been able to steamroll them for double-digit fantasy points. Um, Like I said, high price, high ownership. I think a little too high in tournaments on FanDuel where... You know the 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 cap on the the defensive pricing is five k, so you almost always have four or five options that are you know up close to five k. I think if there were no cap, the Rams would be much higher than that this week. So they are grading out as a fantastic play, but you know they're going to be high owned, and like I said at a position that's so volatile where anything could happen, you know, why why be chalky? Why be chalky? You know, if it's already a long shot to pin the defense that's the number one scorer on the week, then at least make sure you're going to get paid if you do it. That's all I got for you guys. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Let's get this money.